welcome to the Pups That Play podcast. My name is Karen and I'm a pro dog trainer and fur mom and I will be your host throughout this journey. Together I'm going to be sharing with you training tips, tools, and strategies to help you create a well-mannered, calm, and confident family pet. The best part is we do it all through play. Around here our dogs are part of our family and we want them to live their best lives possible and have it be enjoyable for everyone involved. I am so excited to share today's episode with you, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Pups at Play. So today we are going to be talking about a fun topic. We are going to talk all about the two things that you should do before bringing your new puppy home. So first off, I just want to say, if you're listening to this because you are going to be adopting a new dog very shortly, bringing home a new puppy, and you just want to know what you should do to set them up for success, congratulations on A, getting that new little furry ball of love, and B, for thinking ahead and wanting to actually make sure you have all of the knowledge in place. If you're listening to this because you've already brought in a puppy home and you're maybe wondering if there's anything you should be doing, still a really good place to be. And I just want to let you know too that these tips, the things that we're going to go over in this episode, also apply really, really well to if you are adopting an adult dog, rescuing an adult dog, bringing an adult dog home as well. These are still going to really, really, really help you. Okay, but we're going to be talking about them today through the lens of puppy, bringing home a new puppy. But if you're listening to this because you're adopting an adult dog and want to apply it to that, just just make that switch in your head. But because it will work for them really well too. So we're going to go over the top two things you should do before bringing your new puppy home to set both of you up for success. So these are really important. So let's dive right in. Number one, before you even bring that cute little furball through your door, I want you to sit down and think about the life that you want to have with your dog. What is it that you are wanting? What is your vision for having a dog? Why are you getting a puppy? And what do you want that to look like? And I want you to get really, really deep here. The reason why is because this is going to help us set up the rules for the puppy from the start, okay? And this is just gonna make everything so much easier down the road because when it comes to training our dogs, when it comes to working with our dogs, consistency is key. And if we can set that up, if we can set the ground rules, if we can set up how we want things to look with our dog from the very start, from the moment that dog comes through the door, it is going to be so, so, so much easier for your dog to understand what is allowed and what is not allowed. And there's gonna be no need for you to have to break bad habits and retrain them down the road. So literally want you to think about everything. What is your goal for this dog? What do you want? What is their life going to look like? Okay, are you going to be going camping a lot? Are you going to be doing a lot of in-town walks where you need good leash manners? Are you going to have them going to the bathroom outside in the backyard? Do you want them going anywhere? Or do you want them choosing one corner of the yard to use as their kind of toilet spot? 
really, really good tip with kids if you don't want to have little landmines all over your backyard when you have kids that run around in the yard. It is an amazing thing to train your dog to actually just pick a corner and only go in that corner. And you can definitely do that and it's easiest if you set it up from the beginning. So decide what is going to be okay and what is not. Do you want your dog up on the couch? Do you want them sleeping in your bed or do you want them only sleeping in their bed or in their crate? Do you have a dog that is going to require a lot of grooming? If so, is we're going to want to get them used to being brushed, used to their paws being touched for nail trims, although we should do that for all dogs no matter what. Or if they're going to be going to the groomer a lot, get them crate trained so they're used to being put in a kennel at the groomers if that's the way your groomer works. Think about all of these things and I really want you to think about them as your adult dog. So what is life going to look like with that adult dog? Not just with the cute little puppy that you're bringing home, but what do you want the rules to be with your adult dog? So for example, if you are bringing home a large breed dog, a Mastiff or a Big Lab or a Great Dane, yes, they are tiny and they are cute, but think about what you want them to do. Do you want them to be on the couch? Maybe that is an adorable or in your bed, adorable with this teeny tiny little puppy, but it's not going to be so adorable when you have this 100 plus pound dog. So decide now, because I see that a lot. People will be like, oh, the puppy's so cute. I want them up on the bed. I want them up on the bed. And the next thing you know, you have a 100, 120 pound dog that's taking up 90% of the bed and the people are upset. They don't understand why the dog won't stop getting up on the bed because it was okay from the beginning, but now all of a sudden it's not okay. You're changing the rules. Doesn't mean you can't retrain the dog, but you're just creating a lot more work for yourself and a lot more confusion for your dog. So think about what you want the rules to be from the very beginning and train them right away. Treat that little puppy like it is that full grown dog. Think about what is gonna be okay and what's not. Especially, again, it's, this is really applies to the, if you're going to have a really big dog, but honestly for any of them. It might be cute that your dog's excited to see you when you come home and they jump up at you and that's adorable until they get really big and then they're jumping up on your guests and you're like, what the heck? I don't want a dog that jumps up on people. What do I do? You're going to have to retrain it. So set those rules, set those ground rules from the very, very beginning and get deep, think hard. Now this doesn't mean that the rules that you set in the beginning aren't changeable down the road. But you want to, there's no point in letting your dog, your puppy do something that you know is not gonna be allowed down the road just because they're small and cute right now. Set up those rules, treat them that way from the very beginning. The amazing thing about puppies is that they are a blank slate and they will learn whatever we teach them from the very start. So teach them what you want them to know and what you want those ground rules to be from the very beginning. Okay, so that is number one. Get down, sit down, think about what you want the ground rules to be, what you want, what the behaviors are gonna be okay and what are not. Another really good example is if you have kids, I don't know if you have been to the dog store lately, but a lot of the cute little toys are little stuffies. <laughs> Lots of stuffed animals, stuffed dog toys. They squeak, they crinkle, they do all sorts of fun stuff. But if you have kids who have a lot of stuffed animals, especially anything like mine, you probably don't want to let your dog chew on stuffed dog toys. It's 
especially in the beginning, because it's going to be very easy for them to mistake their stuffed dog toy with your child's stuffed animal. And then all of a sudden you're going to have chewed on, ripped up, stuffed animals, you're going to have kids upset, crying, not, not a good scene. You could, yes, you definitely could work really hard to teach your dog that these stuffies are yours and they're okay and these ones are not okay, they're the kids, but a good general rule is if you have kids with a lot of stuffed animals and you don't want your dogs chewing on your kids' toys, don't get them stuffed animal dog toys. <laughs> so think about all of those kinds of things. Sit down and think about every little detail that you can and just start to figure out what those ground rules are and then be consistent. Be consistent from the very start and you are going to set both of you up for so much success down the road. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is again, we're going to set your puppy up for success. They're a blank slate, like we said, and they learn through choice, okay? They make choices throughout the day. And all of the behaviors, all of those choices that they make, all of the things that they do are either going to be rewarded, they're gonna be reinforced, or they're gonna be punished. Now, when we think about reinforcement, we think about like, yeah, positive reinforcement type training. They do something we like, or we're training them to do something, we wanna see the behavior again, we reward them, we praise them, we play with them, we give them food, yay. But it's not just that. There are a lot of behaviors out there that are self-rewarding. They are things that your dog can do and they're either rewarded by themselves or they're rewarded by the environment. Like maybe your puppy goes off and finds a nice corner in your bedroom to pee in. And they go, oh, that was super convenient. It's right here, it's not in my sleeping area. I like this, I'm gonna keep doing it. Especially if it's really cold outside and they don't have to spend as much time outside in the freezing cold to go to the bathroom they've now discovered this nice little corner in your bedroom and it's gonna be a lot harder to break that because that behavior, if we're not catching it, is being self-reinforced. And when we think about punishment, we think of like, you know, adversives and negative type training, like either yelling at the dog or correcting them, giving them a physical correction, maybe a jerk on the leash, or, you know, some people think of shock collars or things like that. That's not what we're talking about punishment, sometimes things that we want them to do can actually be punished if it's something that they don't enjoy. And these reinforcements, whether it's through us or not, and these punishments, whether it's through us or not, this shapes our dog. It shapes their behavior. So it's not just what we want and what we reinforce, it's things that the environment or the dog is reinforcing as well. So the number one thing that we can do to help set our puppy up for success is by controlling the choices that we make. We set them up for success by making sure that they can only make the right choices or that they cannot be making all these bad choices that we don't want them to do, okay? And there's the main way that we do this is through two different areas that we're gonna create in our home. To control our dog's choices, to control our puppy's choices from the very beginning, we need to have 100% focus on them at all times and being with them, okay? So that means your puppy is out and about, you are with that puppy. They are like within arm's reach and your focus is on them. This doesn't mean your puppy's out and you're watching TV. This does not mean your puppy's out and you're gardening in the backyard and they're just out there with you. This doesn't mean that you're with your puppy and you're on your phone posting something on Instagram. 
This means your puppy is out, you are with them, either physically in a small area with them or have them attached to you with a leash, and your focus is on them 100% of the time. Because it literally only takes two seconds or less for them to make a bad decision that is reinforcing to them. For them to grab something and chew it and destroy it. For them to pee on the carpet or in the bedroom or where we don't want them to. Okay, so we need to be able to control these choices. Now you be, may be thinking, yeah, right. This is never, ever, ever going to happen. There's no way I'm ever gonna have 100% of my focus on my dog 100% of the time. And that's true, you're not. So this is where we have to have these two different areas that we're gonna set up in our houses. And this is a long-term confinement area and a short-term confinement area. Both of these are equally important. So let's start with the short-term confinement area. So what this is gonna be, this is going to be a small, safe, happy place where we can put our puppy when we can't have 100% focus on them, okay? This is something like a crate. I am a big, big, big lover of crates and crate training, and we could get into that, and we definitely will. I will do a whole episode on crate training, but this is something like that. So a small area where they can be safe. It's gonna be a safe place, it's going to be a happy place. It is a place to put them where you can't, when you can't have 100% focus on them. This is a great place to give them something like a stuffed food toy, like a Kong or a long-term chew, because this puts them in a small area, and if you think about it, you put them in a crate and you close the door, what choices can they make? Very few, right? There's not a lot that they can get into. There's not a lot of things that they can do wrong. Give them something like a, a stuffed food toy or a long-term chew or something appropriate for them, and all of a sudden, this turns into a really awesome place. It's a place that they can nap. It's a place that they can chew on this and be rewarded for calmness. It's a place that they can go and you can actually build independence, which is wonderful for stopping things like separation anxiety from ever happening. Okay, so it's super, super important to have this behavior. Highly, highly recommend this place as somewhere where the puppy goes at night. And if it's a crate, I highly recommend putting the crate in the bedroom with you at nighttime because that way when they wake up and they have to go out in the night because yes having a puppy is kind of like a baby you're not going to get a full night's sleep for the first little bit you can hear them take them out bring them right back in put them right back in their crate okay so this is short term short term confinement they're going to go when they need some downtime it's also really good for when dogs are actually dogs like babies can get overtired they should be resting. They actually need a lot of sleep and a lot of good quality sleep. And if we leave puppies out, they tend to just go, 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 go. And they might not be getting the amount of rest that they need. And then actually we see more and more bad behaviors with them. This is when they start biting more or getting into things that they shouldn't because they're actually overtired. So putting them in a small place where they don't have a lot of choice of what to do encourages them to rest, encourages them to be calm, encourages them to be independent, to have time away from you, okay? So short-term confinement area, highly recommend. Now, there's gonna be times where we're gonna have to leave our puppy for longer periods of time. And we don't want to leave them in that short-term confinement area like their crate for long periods of time, especially if we're gonna be, say, going to work for eight hours and our puppies are not old enough to hold their pee 
for that amount of time, and maybe you don't have a dog walker or someone coming in or you can't come home at lunch and let them out, we don't want to put them in their crate and leave them in there, especially if they physically cannot hold their pee and they're going to have accidents in the crate because it's going to make them feel bad because they don't like to go to the bathroom where they sleep. They shouldn't be going to the bathroom in this short-term confinement area, that safe place. And it's not very fun to clean up either because there's really, there's no place for them to go to get away from it. So they're going to be a mess when you get home. So when we think about dogs, when we talk about them being able to physically hold their pee, there's a general rule out there that it's the number of months old that they are plus one. And that is the number of hours that they should be able to hold their pee. Okay, so if you have a three-month-old puppy, three months plus one is four. They should be able to hold their pee for four hours. Okay, sometimes longer at night, depending on the dog. Again, this is just kind of a general guideline. Everybody's a little bit different, but it's a good one to kind of go with. Well, if you're going to work for eight hours and your three-month-old puppy can only hold their pee for four, what are you going to do? This is where the long-term confinement area comes in. This is something like an X-Pen, or it can be a small room in your house, something like a mud room, or a laundry room where you can put gates up and they're confined to just a smaller space, smaller space, not the whole house. You do not want to give your puppy free reign of the house when you're not home. This could be something like a small bathroom, maybe you have a small like two-piece bath. Somewhere you can put them where they can be left alone for a longer period of time and it is safe there's nothing in there that they can get into, so they're not going to chew on anything bad. They're not going to get into any kind of, you know, chemicals or things they shouldn't. They're not going to get into your kid's toys. They're not going to have a bad spot. Shouldn't be carpet because if they're going to pee there, we want to be able to put a puppy pad down, but, you know, not have something that they shouldn't be able to pee on if you don't want them peeing on it. So if it is a bathroom and you have a bath mat, take the bath mat out. Safe place, you wanna leave them a water dish, they wanna have their safe chews, safe toys, things that you know are safe to leave them with. And you can put them in there and it's, again, you are limiting all the bad choices that they can make. You're not leaving them open to having run of the house. You're not letting them, you know, tear up your books or chew your paperwork or chew your kids' toys or pee all over the place. You are limiting the bad choices that they can make by putting them in a small area but again, because it's a longer term confinement area, we're gonna make it a little bit bigger. We're gonna give them a few more things in there. We're gonna give them an area that it's okay to go to the bathroom on. And that's gonna be okay, again, short term. So we have our two confinement areas. We have short term confinement for when we are home, but we can't have 100% focus on the dog. We can put them in there. And we have a long term confinement area for when we have to leave them for longer periods of time where they can still be safe and still have everything that they need and we're still limiting their choices. Okay, because that's the goal of both of these areas, limiting the amount of bad choices, because basically training is we wanna reinforce the behaviors that we want. So if we're limiting the, their ability to do the things we don't want, so they can't do the things we don't want, they can't go to the bathroom inappropriately in the house, they can't chew on things we don't want them to chew on, they can't get up on the furniture if we don't want them up on the furniture, and then we are letting them, so you come home, let's say your dog's been in their long-term confinement area, you take them, you immediately take them outside, they go to the bathroom, you praise them, you reward them, you bring them in, you spend some time with them, 
and then, okay, you got to make dinner, so you put them in their crate, you give them a chew, it rewards them for being calm. Again, you take them out, go right back outside, reward them for going to the bathroom outside. And if you do this consistently, like I said, puppies are a blank slate. They don't know what's right or what's wrong. And if you're rewarding right from the beginning, the behaviors like going outside to pee, chewing calmly on something appropriately in their crate, that's the kind of behavior you're going to be building long-term into your dog. Because the more it's reinforced, the more the opposite behaviors are being kind of not even shut down, just not even an option. It's not even an option in their mind. And you do this consistently over time, and then all of a sudden you have a puppy that they know, oh, I need to go to the bathroom, I go outside. Oh, these are the appropriate things for me to chew. I'm only ever gonna chew on these. I'm never gonna touch the other stuff. Oh, I need to go and have some calm time. Perfect, I'll go lay in my crate because it is my safe, happy place. And all of a sudden you have an adult dog down the road that is has amazing household manners. They don't jump up on people because they were never given that option. They don't have accidents at the house because they weren't given that option and they were rewarded for where they should be going to the bathroom. That is how we get that. And we do it all by setting our puppies or our adult dogs. If we're rescuing an adult dog, it can work for them too. By setting them up for success from the very, very beginning before they even come through the door with these two things. So to recap, you're going to number one, Think about the life you want to have with your dog. Think about the things that are going to be okay and the things that you don't want and set those ground rules from the very beginning. And number two, you are going to set them up for training success by limiting the amount of wrong choices they can make and rewarding the behaviors you want to see by utilizing a short-term confinement area like a crate and a long-term confinement area like a X-Pen or a small room or a gated off area of your house. And do that. And like I said, this is, it's not long-term. This does not mean that you are always gonna have to have these areas with your dog. Definitely not. This is just when you first bring them home. You don't give them the freedom. You limit their choices. You reward all the behaviors that you want. You train them, you work with them, you teach them what you want to see. And then as they're doing those behaviors, as they're doing those things more and more and more, you slowly give them more freedom. You give them more time out of their crate. You give them more time, you know, they don't have to go in their long-term confinement area longer and longer. You open up their world slowly as they prove to you that they have the behavior that they need to have that freedom. And then you have that adult dog that is crate trained when needed but really doesn't go in there that often unless they choose to. You have that dog that you can leave out at home while you go out and you know that they're just gonna rest calmly somewhere appropriately, not get into bad things, not have separation anxiety, not have accidents in the house because you set them up for success in the beginning. And that is today's episode. So if you have any questions about this or want to get, dive deeper into it, you can reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at prairie underscore pups. You can find me on Facebook at Prairie Pups, or you can send me an email directly at info at prairiepups.com. I would love to hear from you. And if you have, are bringing home a new puppy, 
and you really want to start them off right, I highly, highly recommend starting foundational training with them from the very beginning. And I do have an online six-week foundations course that will teach you everything you need to know to set your puppy or new dog up for success all through games. So if you want to check that out, you can head over to my website, prairiepups.com. You can find it there or reach out to me and I'd love to share more about it with you. That is it for today's episode and I cannot wait to see you in the next one.